4: This is V tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on V the sports betting
5: network. All right, final hour. The time flies by, Wes, when we're watching college hoops and uh, talking sports betting here on V tonight. Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, and uh, we get into the final hour tonight. Thanks to Chris the Bear Felica for joining us. Another big show lined up on uh, Wednesday. Wes, let's find some best bets in college hoops. And uh, we got a big board to pick from tomorrow. And I'm going to start with the Auburn-Alabama game. Revenge spot for the uh, Tigers. And Alabama right now a 9.5 point favorite at DraftKings. 10 at Circa. Total of 150.5 to 151. And even though the tide held off Arkansas in that game on Saturday, Alabama shot 3 for 22 from mm-hmm. three-point range in that three-point win over Arkansas. Is this a spot where you consider taking the Auburn plus the points or do you just think the Tigers are too phony <laughs> to get it done in this rivalry?
4: Yeah, I don't know really what to do with this one. I th- I think the number is about right at, at 10, uh, really, and-, and there's some nine and a half out there. Of course, uh, Auburn did lose at home uh, earlier this season, but... I don't really like, I don't really know if I want to bet Alabama here. I kind of want to fade them, but I don't know if Auburn's necessarily the team to do it. I know it's a rivalry, but you probably should be getting double digits if you want to bet Auburn. So that's what I'm going to wait for as a matter of fact. Well, we got 10 at
5: Circa. Actually, I'm thinking about taking the 10 here at Circa. That's the best number in the market if you like Auburn. That's
4: where I would lean. But this Auburn team, by the way, they were 16 and three. Now they're 19 and 10. I know. This team, and I've watched them uh, quite a bit this year. I know their defensive numbers are, are pretty solid, really, on all sides of the ball. This team's a bunch of chuckers, Matt. Well, if so you've watched this team, this are, team, they, they play so dumb. Well, I think Alabama plays the same way. Yes, and that's what maybe yeah. could make Auburn live here. Because that was, by the way, a close game down there on the plane. I know Alabama won 77-69, to 69, but... Auburn had a lead in in the yeah. final, like, several minutes of the game, but just couldn't get it done. That was so. one
5: possession game till the very yeah, end. and, and, and then the away. fouling mm-hmm.
4: and everything. It got away from them like a lot of these games do. They could be misleading finals. But this Auburn team, by the way, 30.2% from the three. That's 341st in the country. Now they defend the three very well, and mm-hmm. they also defend at the rim very well. I think they're eighth in effective field goal percentage on the defensive side. So, you know. Uh, They play the same way, and that's where it can be pretty erratic where both these teams might turn the ball over and you get a lot of open floor type of possessions. Uh, It'd be Auburn or nothing. As of now, it's nothing for me.
5: Okay. By the way, Boise just took a 62-60 lead over San Diego State. Max Rice, the coach's son, hit a three. He's got 21 points in the game. I bring that up because uh, Ron on Twitter, who's uh, a frequent uh, tweeter, and viewer of this show says, uh, by no means, this is quoting his tweet, by no means am I downplaying Pistol Pete. He was one of the greatest, if not the GOAT. But Wes mentioned Antoine Davis played for his father, and that may have helped his scoring prowess. Don't forget that Pistol Pete played for his father, Press Maravich. Yes. Of course.
4: Yes. Thank thank
5: you, Ron, for the history lesson. Press Maravich was kind of a, he was like a drill sergeant, right? Yes. He was a tough guy. <clears throat>
4: Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think, uh, I don't Ma- think Mike Ma- Davis, Mike's a little bit more
5: soft-spoken. I wouldn't put Mike Davis in the same category as Press Maravich, even though they're both coaches' sons, right? Yes. <clears throat> Max Rice of Boise State's turned in a pretty good player too. Boise a ten-zero run in the last uh, two minutes here to mm-hmm. take a two-point lead over the Aztecs with two and a half minutes uh, to go. I'm Wes. I'm tempted to take Auburn plus the ten. I watched the first game, and that was a uh, that was a tight one-possession game. Like I said, towards the end, they got away from. Auburn and in a rivalry like this, I always like the revenge spot, and I also think Alabama is just a little bit too careless on the offensive end of the mm-hmm. floor. Like you say, these teams play the same way. I think they're mirror images. Alabama's just got more talent. They got Brandon Miller, who's a top five pick. <laughs> That's the difference.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I probably, if I get double digits, I'll be on the Auburn side for small.
5: Yeah, it's not going to be a big play for me, but I'm I'm looking at playing uh, Auburn plus ten here. I'm trying to sweat out the last two minutes of the San Diego Boise game, so I'm going to let you talk about this next one. Maryland, Ohio State Buckeyes finally get a win. Man, they lost 14 of 15. I think well, was it was at eight or nine in mm-hmm. a row, and Ohio State got a win against Illinois. That's this Illini team's been disappointing late in the season. The Terps, two point favorites in Columbus. Do you have enough faith in Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes here to take the take the home dog or not,
4: Wes? Well, that's a Maryland team I don't really like on the road very much. They went undefeated in the Big Ten, by the way, at home. 10-0 at home. Yeah, but if you look, they have one road game, and that was at Minnesota, who's the worst team in the conference. So right. that's why you're saying, oh, this Ohio State team, I know, even though they did win against Illinois, oh, this Ohio State team, they're so terrible. How can you back them? because maryland stinks on the road and and i think maryland probably on the right side of the bubble too at 11 and 7 in the league that guarantees a winning record they're going to be in the ncaa tournament the buckeyes are not Unless they get hot and win up at the United Center stop in Chicago, it. stop it. I'm saying unless I'm not there's, suggesting that they there's could. No,
5: there's no chance it's happening. But no I think
4: chance. there there might uh, be a chance that Ohio State can maybe get back-to-back wins here right. against against the Terps. Uh, I would certainly lean with the Buckeyes. I would like to get a little bit more, considering they were getting four and a half five on Sunday against yeah, Illinois, right? And now they're only getting two. Two and a half. So I I would want to get as much as I can with this Buckeyes team. This is, by the way, the uh, final home game of the season. So senior day for disappointed seniors. Now, a lot of these kids were transfers like Sean McNeil and Isaac Leicholet. Probably the last game you would think for Bryce Sensible also in Columbus. He's, I think he's absolutely a one-and-done kid. He's gone.
5: He was Mr. Basketball in Florida. I thought he was going to be a lot better this season for the Buckeyes. Yeah. I watched his team up close in Maui. In November, And I thought, this Ohio State team's got a chance to be something. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they actually were pretty good. Actually, on January 1st, they blew out Northwestern on the road by 16. Right. And then the wheels came off. And the Buckeyes lost 14 of the next 15. And uh, Bryce Sensabaugh did not really develop into
4: the star. I he's he certainly not the most willing defender. Uh, I mean, in ISOs, fans. look, the guy can score. Yeah, he's a good scorer. Yeah, but, but that's what he is. And, I mean, look, in the NBA – a lot of guys that can score to the basketball in the NBA, but he is not the most willing defender.
5: Anyway, uh, let's talk about one more in the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State, which blew the 19-point lead in the second half to Rutgers. Man, that was a costly loss mm-hmm. uh, for the Nittany Lions. They are now open three. The number's up to three and a half or four. Penn State, a three and a half, four-point dog at Northwestern. The Purple Cats trying to get back on track after a couple road losses blew a big lead at Illinois, and then got blown out of Maryland.
4: Yeah, and and, and look, uh, Penn State, I think, just from a schematic standpoint, they're kind of a team that you would think would be able to exploit Northwestern because Northwestern's so compact, really defensively. And Penn State, obviously, you know what they want to do. They drive Jalen Pickett to the rim, or they shoot a bunch of threes. Penn State, uh, you know, really... They couldn't make a shot against Rutgers down the stretch. Well, there was but...
5: one guy who couldn't make a shot that really killed. Actually, two guys, Funk and uh, mm-hmm. Lundy. Funk mm-hmm. and Lundy, I believe, were a combined one for 18 from three. Yeah. Why did Jalen Pickett only get one three-point attempt? And Seth Lundy was 0 for 11.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, (laughs) they needed to spread that around. By the way, uh, senior night for Boo Booey, Chase Adige, Robbie Barron, three of the Northwestern starters. uh, I'm not betting against the Purple Cats. You're not going to bet against the Purple Cats here. No. Uh, Yeah, I I think this number is really about right. I mean, you know, the closer it gets to four or five, I would certainly lean a little bit more toward the Nittany Lions. Uh, They're not a team that turns it over. But they're a team that really shoots a bunch of uh, pretty much all threes. I, I just I love when I look at these numbers and I say, okay, they're number one in terms of turnover percentage in the country. That means they only turned over thirteen point one percent of the time, and they're dead last in offensive rebounds. Yeah, you can tell because they park outside the three point line.
5: <laughs> you know, here's the thing: Northwestern's a totally different team at home than on the road. And uh, that's going to be a good environment there for senior night in mm-hmm. Evanston. And I, I just lost faith, Wes, in uh, Penn State. You blow a 19-point lead to a Rutgers team that really is out of sorts offensively right now. How is that? How does that happen? And I think their confidence has to be shaken as they go on the road. You know, I look for dogs first, uh, but I'm not going to play the dog in that game. Yeah, not, nothing for me as of now. And it looks like early money is on Northwestern. And that one here at Circa and DraftKings as well to drive the number up from 3 to 4. I do want to mention this one before we take a break. Chicago State-Gonzaga. I think a smart thing here by Mark Few to schedule another game before the West Coast Conference Tournament so the Zags don't have so much time off, more than a week off between games. And uh, you, you schedule an opponent in Chicago State that's a good senior night um, visitor. You know you're going to beat. Zags are 27 and a half point favorites. Now, I will say... Chicago State Cougars have improved. Yes, they are respectable this year. But this is a this is a nice warm-up game for the Ga- for the Zags as they wait for the West Coast Conference tournament in Vegas, and they
4: got that triple bye, so they mm-hmm. had so much time off. Yes, they do not have to play until next Monday, so it absolutely right? makes sense. Because... So what
5: do you think about senior night here for Drew Timmy? This is going to be an emotional night, but this is a big number, and you would think you're not going to play these mm-hmm. guys deep into the game with a lead, right?
4: Yeah, you're not. Uh, by the way, Chicago State has not played a game since February 19th. They're an independent. They played Hartford, who, by the way, is leaving Division One, and so they got a 22-point win over Hartford. Chicago State has one. A couple games this year they're not great they're 280 in the Ken Palm but they beat Southern Indiana beat IUPUI beat Valpo beat Coastal Carolina so they're gonna try Mm -hmm. Gerald Gillian's team from Chicago State and this is obviously you know the biggest road game of the year for them so they're gonna treat this probably like if you want to call it the proverbial bowl game Because they have two games remaining. They have this one at Gonzaga, and then they go to Fresno State on uh, Saturday, March 4th to close out the Bulldog season. But uh, I'm a little gun-shy about laying Gonzaga here necessarily because I I wonder how seriously they're going to take this. How about a
5: total of 152? This could be one of those uh,
4: happy action fun times where nobody defends. That would be the way I'd be looking. Uh, I could see, if
5: anything, I would play the over in that game in Spokane. All right, coming down to the wire in Boise in Lawrence, Kansas. We'll give you updates when we come back.
6: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network.
5: If you're looking for a betting edge on hockey or hoops, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to everything. Daily re- recap of top plays made by VSIN show host and guest. slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. slash subscribe. Wes, VSIN show host and guest, put their plays. Up on an email that goes out overnight, and uh, I put three plays out there. One and one so far. A loss with Arkansas plus six and a half. A winner with Boise as a short home favorite. Boise makes a big comeback to beat San Diego State 66-60. to Nice win for the Broncos, but the Aztecs are going to be outright Mountain West champs, and that's why that game was a lot more important tonight for the uh, short home favorite, how are how are things going for you tonight? You put a bunch of plays up there. Yeah. I put three in hoops, four in golf. You had, I think, what how well, many hoops plays? Well, did you I had put a
4: bunch up? I had a bunch of second halves that I also bet, and then a and then a couple props. I think I'm one under five hundred tonight at eight and nine. So you know, looking maybe let's see if uh, Fresno State can cover at New Mexico and if Damian Lillard can stay under uh San Jose State, I did not end up betting. I was maybe looking to get on them live. They, by the way, just started eight to seven. Uh, back to what you were saying on Boise State, I think now that has officially punched their ticket in the NCAA tournament. I think, th- I, I think that they are in now for sure. The, th-
5: the uh, students stormed the court in Boise, but now, you know I think Boise was probably in yeah. anyway. But now this clinches it tonight. So you're going to have two teams from the Mountain West who head to the tournament, knowing they're going to be in the field of 68, and that's San Diego State. And, and Boise State
4: and I think I'm guessing you know we split the difference here uh, four might be a reach for the Mountain West but I think three so that means Utah State and Nevada it's going to be a very weak right. big week for them at the Thomas and Mac
5: well Utah State Nevada and New Mexico
4: you keep leaving out the Lobos well I think from an at-large standpoint now maybe they can win the Mountain West tournament and that's the thing how about
5: it's- if they make a run to the championship game is that enough i mean that's going to put the lobos on the bubble
4: right? yeah i think yeah. it'll put them into discussion but i i don't know if they would be in but look uh that, you lost, know, some, that some, lost
5: saturday night that yeah. the aztecs was costly
4: at the yeah pick. because they looked like they were going to steal it yeah. uh fortunately that didn't go my way but uh you know you get a bid stealer too you know, I don't know if anybody really down the – but maybe San Jose State. They're not playing bad. I don't think they really have the talent. I think they have very good coaching. But, you know, or can the Rebels – now we always think, oh, can the Rebels make a run in the Mountain West tournament? And then they ne- they never really do. But. It's not going to happen. I'm
5: here to tell you that right now. I've watched uh, this UNLV team too many times. They're not defending like they did in the first half of the season. Shot selections is just uh, poor – it just doesn't look like a really well-coached team, and I hate to say yeah. that because I know Lon Kruger is assisting yeah. Kevin Kruger with this team, and something's wrong. Something's really wrong with this UNLV team. <coughs> Rebels had to steal one, literally steal one in the final seconds to beat Air Force at home last mm-hmm. week, 54-53. It's just a team that's all out of sorts. Let's talk about that game uh, tomorrow <coughs> night at the Thomas and Mac. Whew, man, I mean, it's, I like you, home. You I are like
4: breaking th- our audio engineer, Sean McCollum, uh, one of our great crack staff here at Visa and big UNLV super fan. You're breaking him, his heart. No. First of all, I'm trying to help his bankroll. trying to build his <laughs> bank. I
5: told him two months ago, stop betting on the Rebels. He, I can't figure him out when I bet on him. I like said, don't bet on him. Don't bet on the Rebels. Uh, Utah State, a two-point favorite at UNLV on Wednesday night I love home dogs I just don't think I can get here with the rebels in this spot
4: Yeah and 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 look I think the number I think the number is right mm-hmm. though at 2 I don't I don't necessarily want to lay it with Utah State cuz now Utah State of course has all the pressure now because they know you know these guys they say they have earmuffs and they don't listen to anything but they're always on social media so they're going to see it someplace they're going to be like okay, are we the last four in or the first four out? So they say they don't know this, but that's a bunch of BS. By the way, Wes, for a large part of the
5: season, Utah State was the number one three-point percentage shooting team in college. They're groups. number
4: eight right now at 39%. Still in the top 10.
5: They've slumped a little bit, but still a top ten three-point shooting team.
4: If you look at their non-conference, too, like they have good wins, but they won't impress the committee. Like beating Oral Roberts mm-hmm. actually is really impressive this year considering they went undefeated in the Summit League. They beat Bradley. They beat Santa Clara, who's not a bad team. They beat LMU. They beat Washington State. So those are like good wins, but that's what you find when you're a pretty good mid-major program like Utah State. This is going all the way back to the days when Stu Morrill was there. Yep. And Craig Smith had a couple of good years there. So when you're going, it's hard for these teams to schedule. It, it. I mean, they're going to look at this schedule and be like, oh, they didn't play anybody because people don't want to play these guys because these <laughs> guys don't want to go on the road every game. And, you know, a lot of these teams they ain't really uh, chomping at the bit necessarily to go to Logan, Utah and go ahead and play that team. Utah State will close out the season, by the way, with Boise State at home on Saturday. So first meeting, 75-71, a uh, very close loss for UNLV. As uh, I believe, yeah, they they had a first half lead. Utah State led most of the game, but never really got away from UNLV, but got away from them just enough in the first meeting.
5: Well, I thought the Rebels played well up in Logan, and uh, then they went to Fresno and played terribly in mm-hmm. the next game. Got blown out by a bad Fresno team. It's just uh, it just doesn't look good on the offensive end of the floor, and the defense is not. Uh, they're not playing the defense with the same intensity they did in the first half, and also. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit deceiving, Wes, because UNLV got off to what a ten and zero start uh, before blowing a big lead to San Francisco and losing to finish the non conference. But that non conference schedule was weak. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Rebels weren't as good as eh, we might have thought they were into right. the Right,
4: because I think everybody got excited when they got that win over Dayton, and then they were what? What were they, 10-0 and 0 before San Francisco yeah. came in and beat and them?
5: Beat Dayton, beat Minnesota, who we know is no good, not right. out of the Big Ten. Also beat Hawaii. That was a pretty good win, uh, actually, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But it, it turns out that the Rebels just aren't that good. And uh, I also think they're... Their focus is going to be, hey, we've got to make a run in the tournament. That's our only chance. In the Mountain West tournament, that's our only chance. And Utah State's the team that's going to be hungry for this win. Like you said, Aggies know they're on the bubble. They need oh, win. Yeah. they need a win like this. Uh, so I, I'm not going to play the home dog here.
4: Yeah, I'm probably going to stay off that. That might be a good live spot or maybe try to find something for the second half. And that's one thing I want to encourage, you know, even from somebody that's kind of a higher volume player you know, you can wait for spots too and you can get good second half spots I I think in this. I wish I would have done that with the Indiana-Iowa. I ended up going one and one. Second half total was the absolute nuts because you kind of knew that Iowa had this game under control. Game goes over the total with a lot of late random fouling and a couple technicals called late, but you know, that's where you want to wait a little bit. If you're unsure if it's right by your number wait for that second half Uh,
5: If I had to If you told me I had to play one of the home dogs, Ohio State or UNLV, they're both two-point home dogs, I'd probably lean to the Buckeyes. I I,
4: I would, too, because it's just road Maryland. Maryland stinks on the road. with only one win in conference over Minnesota. Who are they scaring? And now they got to think, hey, we just wrapped up our season. You know, we went undefeated at home. You go to Ohio State, who finally stopped a losing streak. Yeah. and that's why i kind of would lean ohio state because it's like oh we got that pressure off our back you know because we what they hadn't won in like what two, a month and a half two months Man, that was brutal yeah so now <laughs> it's like we finally got a win fellas now we can just go play the and only, sometimes that relieves the pressure from a team
5: i'll test your uh, memory here in big 10 basketball when ohio state lost 14 and 15 who did the buckeyes beat in that stretch uh you can the, o- the
4: Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Iowa Hawkeyes that's right. at home
5: in Columbus, and they blew them out. Yes, blew out the Hawkeyes in that game. I think rock bottom for Ohio State was when uh, the Buckeyes were fifteen point home favorites and lost to Minnesota. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that yeah.
4: that that's not a very talented team that Ben Johnson has up there. That's an absolute <laughs> rebuild.
5: Okay, one more in the Big Twelve. We'll talk about here before the break. Texas and TCU, Horn Frogs, two and a half point home favorites. Total of one forty nine. I bet against Texas. This was my best bet in the Circuit College Hoops Challenge on Saturday. Baylor minus three. Wow, Wes. The Longhorns got out to an eighteen to four lead. Mm-hmm. Baylor uh, roared back and end up winning the game by I think nine. Right, yeah. Eighty one to seventy two or seventy one to sixty two. TCU. Um, TCU got a nice win. Yeah,
4: they rallied against Texas at Tech. Texas Tech,
5: mm-hmm. Horn Frogs got a good one on the road. How do you handicap this one? Texas at TCU with the Horn Frogs laying two and a half.
4: Nah, it's a lot on the line here for the Longhorns, considering they're eleven and five. Kansas, by the way, did just get it done over Texas Tech. Red Raiders get the cover, but Kansas now thirteen and four, so they've already got a share of the title. So, Texas, if they lose, the Jayhawks win the outright title and get the number one seed in the Big 12 tournament. So
5: Nice cover by you, by the way. Yeah. You took nine with uh, the Red Raiders. Yep. T- Kansas won the game 67-63. Jayhawks been winning a lot of close yeah. games, man.
4: They have, yeah. and, and you wonder if that's going to help or hurt them in the tournament. But speaking, you know, of back to Texas, TCU all of a sudden, you know, a little bit healthier. With Mike Miles, this team is very dangerous. I think going into March, this team, you know, is up tempo. Uh, Eddie Lampkin has been battling some injuries, but he was back. So, small wing to the Horn Frogs.
5: Yeah, I probably agree with you there. Baylor beat Texas eighty-one to seventy-two. That was the uh, the final one. Waco on Saturday. Quick break. We come back. We got more college hoops. We got some best bets coming up. I see a couple spots on the board. I'm going to play.
4: V SIN TONIGHT with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on V the Sports Betting Network.
5: The Arnold Palmer Invitational and UFC 285 are both this week. Head over to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. For all the golf bettors out there, Bet Rivers is a place to bet the Arnold Palmer with top 10 insurance. Place a pre-turney bet on an outright winner. The action doesn't stop there. Bet Rivers has you covered for UFC 285 with Parlay Insurance and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app at BetRivers.com. UFC 285, John Jones, first fight back in, mm-hmm. I think, 1,115 days. Uh, do you do you like John Bones Jones to win on Saturday night? I have night not in Las decided
4: Vegas? where okay. I am going to go with that, but it is very rare to see John Jones this small of a favorite. I'm looking right now, and he's I think he's getting a little bit of money now. I'm seeing as high as I think 170 over it at, at Caesars, right behind us at Cirque's minus 155 at DraftKings minus 165. Uh, look. Big step up for Cyril Gaon, yeah. but we often see that in UFC. Father time catches up with you, <laughs> yeah. and do you get too old? Quickly. And that's why I don't think this is necessarily a slam dunk to bet John Jones. He's technically the better fighter and the more well-rounded fighter, but you know, youth is king in this sport, man. You, very few guys, I think, really get to to older age, and with that much of a layoff, I I, I think that's a tough one. I don't think that's exactly a layup on bones here.
5: Well, Cyril Ghosn is, uh, I'll say, John Jones is 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Ghosn's 32. Not a big difference between them, but the, the layoff for John Jones is what concerns me. I, I, used, I covered UFC some back in the day, set cage side for a lot of great fights. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Chuck Iceman Vadell get uh, knocked out. I think Rampage Jackson knocked him out. Yeah, and that's when uh, it clicked. You just said, "Wow, Chuck is old. Yeah, he's done. He couldn't take a punch like he could before."
4: And and you look at Cyril Gaon now. He's got some good wins. uh, you know, over Rosenstruck and Volkov and Derek Lewis, but and did uh, knock out Tai Tuivasa in his last fight, which by the way was in September over in Paris. But when he not
5: easy to knock out that guy. No, it's
4: not Uh, because that guy is very hard headed, but. You know, Francis Ngannou, when he stepped up against Ngannou, Gan didn't really look good the first time he really fought for the championship. He had the interim belt that he won over Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis, uh, nicknamed the Black Beast, is pretty good on with his hands. Not very good in wrestling. And Cyril Gan was just able to control him, I, I think, that way. And was also way too fast for Derek Lewis. But... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little bit of investigation. I'll listen to First Strike right here on v and and uh, survey the market, see where I am going to go. But this price being this short maybe says this isn't going to be a layup for the Bones.
5: Well, I know the fight doctor, Lou Finnecaro, has got his
4: money on John Jones. But Is he the, a- new, the new fight doctor? It used to be thirty Pacheco, yeah, it's right? It's Lou
5: Finnecaro, though. <laughs> I call him the fight doctor. He, I think he got John Jones at a small plus price when this opened.
4: Uh, I'll, That's I'll,
5: called sharp betting. I'll That's, wait for huh? I w-
4: I'll wait for Lou's report from the weigh-in, you know, and I'll have, I'll have to see, you know. I'm sure John Jones will look good on the scale. I'm sure he'll be in, in shape, but, you know, being in fight shape and being in shape shape are two different things.
5: All right, let's go back to SEC basketball. Uh, Vandy's had a pretty good season, uh, but Vandy, uh, the first time... Fell short against Kentucky, sixty-nine to fifty-three. The rematch is in Lexington on Wednesday night, which is March first. March is here, Wes. Mm-hmm. It's finally here. Uh, Kentucky's won four in a row to get to twenty wins, eleven and five in the SEC. Oscar Shebue, twenty-two points, seventeen rebounds last time out in in that uh, blowout win over Auburn uh, for Kentucky. So, how do, how do you handicap? Uh, rematch between Vandy and Kentucky with the Wildcats right here at circuit 10 point favorites same number of DraftKings uh Westgate's got nine and a half on this I would think that uh Kentucky's probably going to draw a little bit more public money on this one
4: yeah I think that you are you're going to see that because one of the things I think you got to give Kentucky a little bit of credit for is like have they figured it out I think And, and that's what we were waiting for really really with the cats and They've started to play pretty solid basketball. They got four wins in a row. That win against Mississippi State on the road a couple Tuesdays ago or a couple Wednesdays ago, they were like a first four out. Like yeah. Kentucky was out of the tournament and for all the bracketology guys, they get the win there. They beat Tennessee at home, sweep them, win at Florida. Granted, Florida, no Colin Castleton, but still a win is a win. And then they absolutely pummeled Bruce Pearl and Auburn. So... That would be one of those ones. And I know Ron Boyles was with us on the Saturday bet prep a couple Friday nights ago. When a team gets, like, ran and really gets embarrassed, a lot of times you want to play them the next game. So <laughs> that would fit Auburn, though, because no. they got they got it handed to them by Kentucky, 86-54. to 54. That was the worst game of the year. But now you got Kentucky coming in, 10-point favorite against Vanderbilt. They beat Vanderbilt by 16 uh, earlier this season. Vanderbilt, if you watch them, I wonder what they would have been had they had the big kid for for a lot of these games because I believe he missed four games during the SEC season. I'm referring to Liam Robbins, who's the Minnesota transfer. Yeah, he missed four games and they went one and three in that stretch. They didn't have him for the Kentucky game, by the way. So, you know, this guy might be a problem for Toshibwe in terms of matchup because one of the things we've seen out of Toshibwe with ignore all the stats and all the numbers. If you watch him, He's kind of a liability, especially on the defensive end. If you put him in pick and roll. I know you're going to talk about the pick and roll. If you put him in pick and roll, man, he can't guard it. And he's one of the worst (laughs) roll men you've ever seen offensively. So Jerry Stackhouse, if you haven't watched this team, they run some good stuff. They actually run really good stuff. He doesn't have, like, the talent that some of these other teams in the SEC has. But they run good motion. They move the ball around. They move this big guy around, Liam Robbins, and the pick and pop. I think he could be a tough matchup for Toshibwe. I'd lean to the 10 here. I know Kentucky ran him by 16 down there in Nashville, yeah. but no Robins in that game. This could be a different one. And now is this Kentucky team kind of feeling itself a little bit with four wins in a row. And the fact that this is going to be well, it's going to be senior day for Tashibway, and I believe Reeves. I never know which seniors are really seniors though anymore, with with all of this. CJ Frederick, the transfer from Probably Iowa, get as well. the extra
5: COVID year. Some of these guys seem like they're playing seven years. Yeah, and-
4: I got to think this is this is it for Tashibway. So oh, you know, yeah. you pay a little bit of a tax, and look, more often than not, you got to handicap every single game individually, but. More often than not, I like to play against these senior days, man, because it's sad. especially at like a program like Kentucky. It's a big distraction. It's probably a sad day, you know, because you got your family in, you got your girlfriend and your brothers the, and your sisters. Oh, they do this pregame ceremony, yeah. and uh, you got to get you. the flowers for mom or or whoever, and she's crying. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, after the game, if you have senior day speeches, you got to think, oh, what am I going to say in my speech? Because I remember IU they used to do the speeches after. They used to do senior day stuff after the game game coach Knight would talk and then the seniors would all give their speeches and you know these are 18 to 23 24 year old young men of course they're thinking about that so would lean Vanderbilt in this spot I think the number I, I would make it nine but it is 10 in the market
5: yeah it's uh 10 at most spots I said nine and a half at the Westgate. this is not going to be a game I'm going to play even though I think Vandy can be a lot more competitive than the first time around Kentucky it seemed like at one point was uh, left for dead This Mm -hmm. season, we thought Coach Cal was going to be on the way out, Mm -hmm. but he's got a spectacular recruiting class coming in next season. And Kentucky's actually number 21 in the Ken Pomeroy ratings right now, 13th in offensive efficiency. Where this team lacks is on the defensive end. Oh, yeah. Number 77. Um, but, again, this is not going to be a
4: play for now, me. Now, one thing definitely. I'm not going to do is what I did last year when they started to play good basketball in February and think, okay, maybe this team can win it all when it drifted up to a good price. And then what happened? They got knocked out in the first round by St. Peter's, oh, the 15th Kentucky? seed. Yeah.
5: Let's take a look at the odds to make the Final Four DraftKings. And this is an interesting prop. Houston playing to uh, stay in its home city, Wes. Mm-hmm. That's where the Final Four is. Houston's plus 130. To make the Final Four.
4: Is Jim and, uh, Nance going to call his alma mater in his, in his hometown, his final broadcast of college basketball? Is this his final broadcast? Yeah, he is uh, going to be done with college basketball. He's going to be the Birdman. Iron Eagle is going to take is over.
5: Is Nance just going to do golf?
4: Uh, golf and NFL. Golf and NFL, okay. But we're going to have a new voice on the road to the Final Four no, on that's CBS. that's not a bad
5: thing. That's not bad. That's good. No, I, I think it's time ride. for a
4: change into the guard.
5: I like... Uh, Ian Eagle does a great job. He's been a Sin guest.
4: Eventually it's gonna be him and Jay Ride, I think, when Bill Raftery ends up calling it a day. Maybe Jay Ride'll be the third man on the booth. But
5: anyway, Wes Kentucky is eleven to one to make the final four on these uh, props. Duke eleven to one. Do you see any value here in some of these long shot teams on the draft DraftKings odds? Because I, I don't like to overanalyze this stuff at this point until we see the bracket. Right, when yeah. When you see the yeah. bracket, then you can say, hey, I see a path for this team to get it's, there. It's
4: regardless. easier probably yeah. to bet futures to win it all than it is, quite frankly, on Final Four odds, because right. everything, of course, is so draw dependent. So, you know, I've I've got a few futures, you know, a little bit longer odds. I've got an Indiana, which I know you have. I have a UConn at a very good number, so you know i've got a few of these teams as we build a portfolio it's tough to bet the final four i would wait to see you know who's coming out of what region when you can break them down individually i'm
5: not going to add any more futures to my betting portfolio as you call it the last one i added ucla 14 to 1 that's it
4: That's about the only team I could baby bet under 20 to one right now, because under 20 to one, it's tough to find value.
5: We'll talk uh, more about college hoops futures and what we have in our pocket on tomorrow night's show. Let's take a quick break. We come back, we get the best bets and a couple more hoops breakdowns and Greg hoops. Peterson on deck.
6: Attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: All right, this is one of the new shows on VSIN. VSIN also will kick off new podcasts, give everybody better insights and confidence, to make smarter betting decisions. One of those, VSIN College Basketball Betting Podcast. We're right in the middle of it. Uh, Tim Murray and I talked about when we're going to tape the next one here tomorrow or Thursday. And uh, Adam Burke, Wes Reynolds, Greg Hoops Peterson, a lot of people involved in these. Hoops has his own podcast, Coast to Coast. Which is incredible how he breaks down uh, the entire rotation on Saturdays. About a five hour podcast. We also have a V Send hockey betting podcast. Find all this and more at vsend.com slash podcast. All free, by the way. All right, let's continue here on V tonight. We'll wrap it up. We'll get the best bets and uh, we we'll got some more college hoops games to break down. Uh, Wes, let's go to the uh, Big East quickly here. We're talking about Providence, a team that a lot of people wanted to fade. Last year Mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament, Providence seemed to have the luck factor Mm -hmm. on its side. The Friars, they got to go in again here. Uh, Top game on the rotation on Wednesday, it's an early start, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. The Friars, three or three and a half point favorites over Xavier.
4: Uh, Anything you make of that game in the Big East. Providence Uh, lost an OT in Cincinnati by two uh, at the start of the month, Uh, but now... uh, getting Xavier of course uh, Xavier's been without the uh, the big kid uh, Zach Fremantle yeah. who who hasn't big been loss. playing so yeah because Xavier I really liked the, they had two big guys with skill with him and Jack Nungie yep. the Iowa transfer uh, Sule Boom had been uh, I think I think he missed a game or so but he had been battling some injuries but he's the guy that makes them go really from the three so uh they don't have they don't have Fremantle back yet and I, and I think you've seen Xavier they're still very good, but they've declined a little bit, really really, without him. So uh, uh, some of their guards, Kai-Kai Tandy, maybe he'll go. He's had the foot injury. Freeman will obviously, still out. I don't know if he'll get back for the Big East tournament. But Providence laying three in the hook. I make the number a little bit less. But keep in mind, too, well, I always say if you're looking at these, you know, metric sites, if you're looking at the Bartorvik or the Ken Palm or Eric Haslam at Haslam Metrics, et cetera, et cetera, Keep in mind, when you're looking at these numbers, sometimes that doesn't always account for the injuries. So you got to make that Mm -hmm. adjustment accordingly because I believe both these guys have Providence as like a two-point favorite. Market has it three and a half. I think that's about the right adjustment. Uh, uh, A little bit of under money, it looks like, from the opener. It was 155, now seeing some 54 and a halves and some 53 and a halves out there. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that.
5: All right, how about... A couple of big dogs in the Big East. DePaul catching 18 at UConn. Actually, 17 and a half at DraftKings, 18 at Circa. And also Georgetown, an 18 and a half point dog at Creighton. Man. Those are a couple of ugly dogs. Boy,
4: when we grew up, Matt. You said you
5: got a future on UConn. What number do you have? I have
4: 30 to 1. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, when it drifted up, when it looked like they were going in the tank. But this is a team, they can win it all. I'm very pleased with that number. We'll see how it goes. Uh, DePaul and Georgetown, Matt, you and I remember when these two teams were powers, when we were little kids starting to watch college basketball, and they were anything but. However, I'll start with DePaul first. DePaul has been covering, they, they get down, they keep fighting. They did the same thing against Marquette on Saturday. They lose 90-84. to 84. DePaul, by the way, I believe was down 21 at the half because I took them plus a the number. I'm like, okay, I can write this one off. They kept fighting, outscored Marquette in the second half and actually got it down to single digits, only lost by six. They got a three at the buzzer, covered, I think, 14 and a half at Xavier. So they've been covering, uh, did the same thing at Seton Hall. They got down and, and came back. So they're always live for a backdoor. Look, I like UConn right now, and I think they're a wagon. DePaul has lost 10 in a row, but... You know, they got a big game at Villanova, and even though Villanova has been a little bit down this season, I still think that that's a big game for UConn. That's a real old-school Big East rivalry. So, if anything, I would lean to Paul here in the points. I think they could be live for a backdoor.
5: All right. You know, there's a lot of games we're not going to get a chance to break down. Like Charleston Southern High Point, which mm-hmm. is being played at Bojangles
4: Coliseum. We need a Bojangles here that's right? what in I in Las Vegas, say. don't we? Uh, that
5: sounds like a place where I want to watch a game and hopefully what's, they serve Bojangles, unlike at Taco Bell Arena when
4: they didn't so, what's, serve. What's Rock the Ball. old uh, nitty-gritty dirt band song, Mr. Bojangles? That's Remember right. that tune? Are you going to sing again tonight? I'm not going to sing again. A lot again. of people like that I, when you sing. I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going you're, to feel about it. Femi, Femi, Femi sold it, man. Femi, Femi played along with the bit. I don't know if you're going to be down with that, though. So I got so I got to work that around. I actually don't Sing know. All you want, I actually man. don't know the lyrics to Mister Bojangles. I, I know either. the song though. But
5: Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Texas A&M Commerce, go at
4: it. That's a rivalry. Oh man, it's a big South. Oh, is that Southland Conference? Okay, it's not the tournament. It's not the tournament. Okay, yeah. I was like, wait a minute.
5: We actually have tournament games uh, tomorrow in the Ohio Valley. Mm-hmm. Southern Indiana and SIU Edwardsville, with Edwardsville a two-point favorite. At the Ford Center in Evansville.
4: Yeah, it's so it's not a home game for USI the Screaming Eagles, by the way, but it is in Evansville. This, of course, their first year in Division One, so they cannot go to the NCAA tournament if they win the automatic bid in the Ohio Valley. So, look, I, I said Edwardsville at ten to one if you wanted a long shot, and I think a pretty wide open Ohio Valley, a much weaker conference. That was a that was a pretty good mid major when Belmont and Murray sure. stayed, you know, because. Every year they were very good, and it's like, you get two teams out of this league, you know, and I don't think anybody would squawk about it. That. But
5: we got the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders and Texas A&M Commerce Lions graphic up there.
4: How about that? Now, that's good. That's big time. How about that? Uh, make Uh Making up for it here. So, look, small lean. Uh, t- by the way, I Corpus Christi is trying
5: to get revenge in this game, by the yes. way. They just lost to Commerce last week. Did you know that?
4: I did. I do now. Uh, maybe I'd leave, Maybe put Corpus in a uh, money line parlay. I don't know. Commerce got the best of them last week. How much do you do, by the way, on these added and extra? Games? Uh, a little bit, not a lot.
5: Yeah. I, I like to watch teams. Yeah. Uh, really, um, somebody likes to evaluate teams by. I, I like to see what I'm betting on. It's tough to um, see
4: those games, man. Unless you have got like a, about five different iPads and you get that ESPN Plus working. Get some on ESPN
5: Plus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, let's get to a higher-profile game. This is going to be a, a best bet for me. Pittsburgh at Notre Dame. I am going to play the angle here. I'm playing Bray. Yes. I've actually been on this Irish team several times mm-hmm. here, and they, they've been competitive down the stretch, and they paid me off. So I'm going to stick with the team that's paid me off, Wes. And I know you like these emotional angles, uh, the, the soap opera-type storylines. <laughs> Mike Bray's final home game. Notre Dame, a four-point dog to Pittsburgh. I think the Irish... They're going to give it their best shot tomorrow night yeah. and send Bray out. I think there's a good chance they send Bray out a winner here. So I'm going to take the four with the Irish.
4: And let's make it two for two. And by the way, there are some four and a halves, I believe, in the market here in town. Uh, bet MGM, Station Casinos. I think Caesars went to four and a half. I'll take the extra hook with you. And I like you know Notre what?
5: Dame. That's actually, I was going to bet this right after the show. So give me the four and a half, uh, Brian Ortega, yeah. our producer on the graphic, because... I have been betting, believe it or not, a lot of college hoops games on the BetMGM app and Caesars apps because you get an extra half point, sometimes a point, on the underdogs on those Mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have BetMGM on this odd screen I'm looking at right now uh, we got four at DraftKings, four at Circa, four at the Westgate. So you say we got a four and We've a half. We've got some four and a
4: halves. halves out there right. uh, here. Uh, look, obviously, at faraway places as well. I think uh, I think Chris is at four and a half. So I'll take the extra hook with you. And, and it's not just on the Notre Dame side. It's also maybe a little bit of a fade of Pittsburgh here for a couple different reasons. I mentioned earlier about Pittsburgh, how they played Syracuse on Saturday, and Syracuse is like the worst defensive team ever in the history and a disgrace to basketball in general. Pitt hit, what, what was their percentage? 16 threes on Saturday out of 41. Georgia Tech, I think, hit 18 to 9. That's a product of the zone. But look, when a team hits that many threes that don't really hit that average or don't really hit them at that clip, does Pittsburgh. I know they, I know they take a lot, and they shoot about 36%. There's some regression coming. And also the fact that Pittsburgh is now, I believe, ranked for the first time this season. And when a team has been fighting for respectability, like Pittsburgh, it's like, oh, man, we're you 14-3 know, in the ACC. Nobody respects us. You know We're not getting any respect. And then they finally get ranked. And you see a lot of those teams lay eggs in that first game out. So I'm going to be with you on the Irish and Braves last game in the Joyce Center. I'm also going to play
5: Auburn plus 10 against Alabama. Auburn embarrassed the last time out by Kentucky, but this is a big rivalry. I think Tigers give it their best shot. Wes, uh, 20 second handicap here. We didn't talk about this game. Oklahoma Kansas State and the K State, uh, has rebounded here with a couple nice wins. Wildcats are six and a half or seven point home favorites
4: over the Sooners. Yeah. Uh, seven, obviously the best number. I would take that. That is a key number in basketball. So, uh, uh, nothing for me with Oklahoma still playing hard, even though they got the worst record in the conference. Add one more best bet for me too. I'm going to take the Buckeyes at home against the Terps plus two and a half. All right.
5: West Reynolds on the Buckeyes for a best bet. That wraps up uh, tonight's show. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks to Chris, the bear, Felica for being our guest tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned for Greg Hoops Peterson here on vSin, the sports betting network.